Good morning, New Life East. So good to see you guys. I love these connection times. This is one of my favorite times at our congregation too. It's actually one of the hardest times to be able to come up behind, like right after because everyone's connecting so well that you're like, okay, okay. <laughs> but you guys didn't make me do that. So thank you so much. You guys are amazing. Thank you for having me this morning. I'm so thankful that Pastor Andrew allowed me the opportunity, the privilege to come and to share what I feel like the Lord has laid upon my heart. It's always a joy to get to visit our brothers and sisters here at New Life East. To me, this is one of the benefits of many benefits of being a part of the New Life family is we get to receive and draw from one another. I know when Jay and I were on sabbatical a couple years ago, Andrew came and spoke for us and uh, Jason came and spoke for us and just having that camaraderie together and the ability to draw from one another, it's just such a good thing. And God's doing such unique and different things at each congregation. So for us to be able to kind of taste and receive from one another is such a gift, you guys. Huge gift. And Kristen, it's so good to see you. Oh man, you guys, if you don't know Kristen, Get a coffee with her while she's here and listen to what God's doing in her and through her at Kenya. in Kenya. It's, it's wonderful. I've gotten to know her over the past couple of years as I served in the global department up until recently. So, oh, all right. Well, it's good to see you guys. We're going to begin with Psalm 127 in continuation with the Psalms of Ascent series that you guys have been in this summer. And actually, it's really cool. Uh, Andrew sent me a text this morning, and he's actually on his way to Uganda, which is, I'm so jealous. <laughs> so lucky. Um, so be praying for him. I know God's going to work through him as he speaks there. And um, God just, I'm telling you guys, if you have a chance to go overseas, God just speaks. He speaks everywhere. But when you can get out of your comfort zone and get into a new environment, a new culture, he speaks in a really special and unique way. So little plug there for global. All right. So Psalm 127, I'm going to be reading just verses one through two. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, where he grants sleep to those he loves. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So today I want to hone in on that first part right there. God is a builder. He has always been a builder as he has been a creator, and he will always be a builder. He is constantly at work building something of himself, whether that's in our personal lives individually, in the lives of our children, of our friends, family, loved ones, whether he's building something into our community, our neighbors, our neighborhood, our city. Um, he's always building something into the church big C um, that also works within the church little C. So here at New Life East, God is at work building. He's at work building something unique and special according to his will and his plan. He's building his kingdom constantly. Throughout all of history, through all of space, all of time, God has been at work building. He is a master builder, and all that he builds is good. Hebrews 3, verses 1 through 6 says, Therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest, whom we confess. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all of God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. 
Moses was faithful as a servant and all of God's house, testifying to what would be said in the future. But Christ is faithful as a son over God's house. And we, collectively and individually, are his house. If we hold to our courage and the hope of which we boast. Guys, the Lord is at work here at New Life East. And I know sometimes, especially during the summer months, I've been in the church world long enough that I kind of know, you know, when school starts, that's kind of when we get back in the habit of church and church life. And, okay, what can I give myself to? What, what, what does my time and my schedule look like? And then we get into Christmas and we get real festive and real generous. And, and then the new year, we're super pumped and full of energy for the new things God's doing. And then summer hits. <laughs> And we're all like, peace, I'm out of here. All right, we all kind of take a break and take our foot off the gas. And that is not a bad thing. Rest is a good thing. He gives rest to us, as we just read in Psalm, uh, Psalm 127. So rest is a good thing. But while you're in a place of resting, I also want to plant seeds of a challenge to you. I want to challenge you this morning to recognize and see what God is doing in this house and to give the Holy Spirit space to speak to you about how you are to give and participate more with what he's doing. So there's things that he's doing. What he is building in this house matters on both a micro and a macro level. What he's doing in New Life East matters in the smallest levels of our everyday life to the big levels of what he's doing worldwide and throughout all history and his kingdom. On all of those levels, it matters. And our participation on all of those levels matter. So what is he building here at New Life East? I'm, he is building a lot of things, but there are three things that I want to really focus in on this morning. The first thing is, guys, he's building you to be a house of worship and prayer. That is who he's called you to be. He's raising up a house of worshipers, people who will come and, and respond to his goodness and bring their energy into this place of responding in a place of worship and praise and adoration to God. See, we all, I think most of us can do that on our own in our own time. But guys, there's something different that happens when you pull people together. There's a collective energy and synergy that the Lord manifests in such a beautiful, fresh way when we bring our praise and we bring our worship into the house together. And we give it to one another. I didn't say this first service, but man, there's been so many times, and I'm sure each one of you, if you've been in the church for any amount of time, when you've come into church and maybe you've had a really bad week or you're grieving or you're going through some type of hardship, and your brother and sister praising and worshiping God on the side of you is lending you strength. It's doing something inside of you. It's giving you hope. The Lord's working through their praise and their worship for you. And then in turn, when things are great for you, there come seasons where you are the one bringing your worship and your praise to the Lord, and you're lending that strength to your neighbor. So we need the collectiveness, the, the corporate energy and participation in worship and prayer. And God's calling you guys to be a house that worship and praise praises. I love it because um, you guys do a really good job with this. We, I, I, Every Wednesday, as most of you guys know, we have prayer at the World Prayer Center. Um, during the school year, we have it Wednesday morning, Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday evening. This summer, it's just been Wednesday afternoons. But I tell you what, New Life Easters, Easters, New Life East people, you guys are good at showing up and you pray and you enter in and you give your heart. Well done. But don't stop there. Give more. And if those of you guys who haven't had a chance to come during a Wednesday afternoon or a Wednesday at noon time to come pray, come and pray. Bring your prayers in this place. Sunday mornings, pre-service prayer, other opportunities, bring your prayer into the house. It enriches the body. God moves 
in those prayers. In Matthew 21, 13, it says, my house will be a how, a, a called a house of prayer. The Lord manifests himself in those ways when we worship and pray. So you're, you're called to be a, a house of worship and a house of prayer. You're also called to be a house of connection and community, which I think you guys do a great job with that too. I love all the opportunities that Colin was saying. I think last time we were here when Jade uh, was, was teaching in June, you guys were advertising the women's get-together things, um, the, the charcuterie conversations. I love that. Uh, guys, there are plenty of opportunities, not just organized, but organic too. Just grabbing coffee together, being each other's worlds, being each other's lives, creating community amongst you. You were created for connection and community. Acts 2.42 speaks about the early church. Right after Pentecost happens, the, the church is kind of formed. It just kind of happens. People start gathering and coming together. And it gives us a glimpse into kind of what the church was birthed out of and birthed into. In Acts 2, verses 42 through 47, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miracles and signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Connection and community was a part of what the early church was. That is our roots. That's where we began, was gathering together. And here it says daily. I think most of us would flip out if, if we were expected to gather daily. They did it daily. But, guys, that was a lifeline for them. They were living amongst persecution. They were living amongst so much uncertainty. And they needed to be together. And, honestly, we do too. I know in our culture we're in a very individualistic kind of culture in the U.S., but guys, God created us for connection and for community, and that is part of what New Life East is being built for. The third thing that, that the Lord is building within New Life East is he is building a house that serves. You are a house that serves. All of you who get here early and do set up and tear down, bravo. Every single one of you who are on security and help with the children and sound and worship and just all the different things that happen even throughout the week that don't get seen on a Sunday, well done. You are a people who serve. And that is what God is building into this house. He wants to build a place where he is worshipped, where prayer happens, where legitimate and authentic community and connection is taking place, and where people, where that is now breeding a people who serve, who give of their lives. Mark 10, 45 reminds us of the life of Jesus. And remember, Jesus is, he is our poster child, right? He is our ideal, what we try to live up to by grace. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. God's called us to give of our lives. Um, I was sharing in between, I was sharing the first service, and then I was also talking a little bit about it in between services. But coming here always, it always feels so like, familiar to me because for eight years when Jay and I led our church previously Antioch now Midtown we did set up and tear down eight years I shared in first service a little bit about our history Jay and I moved here in 2004 we were the youth and young adult pastors for several years um, 
when we moved here, our church was around 1,000 people, vibrant, a lot of life, very strong worship, prayer, prophetic environment. And then around 2010, um, things over the year just started kind of going down, kind of dwindling. There was no sin issues. There was no problems per se. Just numbers began to go down. And, and our pastor realized, I think it's time that I hand this off. And so he asked us to pray about it. We said yes. We received the church in 2010. When we received the church, mind you, just a few years earlier, there was 1,000 people. We received a church of about 100 people. That's what we had dwindled down to is about 100 people. And, our, and around that time, we didn't have the money to stay in the building that we were in. So immediately, we were thrust into a sit-up and tear-down situation. And the incredible people at Colorado Springs Christian School, man, they were amazing. At CSCS, they took us in. They allowed us to use their space for very, like, incredibly reasonable prices. I mean, that's the only way we could have kept stay alive. Um, and we did sit-up and tear-down from 2010 to 20. 18, 2019, we did set up and tear down. And you know what? God used those seasons and those times to build something very significant in us. We are actually still reaping fruit today from the things that were built in us during that time. See, prior to be to set up and tear down, our church, like I said, strong worship environment, strong prayer, prophetic. I mean, Every service almost felt like a conference environment. It was very, very strong in that. Our people loved, could worship and pray for hours. We took 90 days straight where we had no services, no youth, no children, no nothing, and we just sought God for 90 days. I mean, we were really, we had muscles for that. But we were so weak when it came to community and when it came to serving. So, so weak. And so the Lord allowed us to go into a season of set up and tear down, and I tell you what, like I said, there were things that were established and built in us through that season that today have been reaping fruits and benefits. Today, we're able to be people of community because those muscles were built. Today, we are a people who are growing in our service because those muscles were built. God built that into us. And so even the significance of where you guys are at right now and being basically a new church plant and doing set up and tear down, it isn't just something that's happening. God's utilizing the circumstances around you and the gathering of who you are to build something inside of you. This isn't just another campus or congregation of new life. All right. You're not just another option in the new life world. You're a house being established in this particular region of Colorado Springs for a particular reason. God has placed you here. He has called you here for a reason. Your journey is key to fashioning you into the people he has called you to be. So God builds his church and his house through his people. I am sure most of us have heard this and know this, but the church is not a building. That's not what makes a church. What makes a church is the gathering of the people of God. You together are what makes the church. You are what he's building. So I believe today God's given me three ways that I really want to just challenge you. Again, this is probably not going to be anything new, but let it be a challenge. Let it be seeds that go deep and germinate and grow so that maybe hopefully once fall hits, like a new energy can arise in this place and we buy more into, into what God's doing here and our role in that. So there's three ways that I think God is challenging us today, and me too, in my house, on how we can partner more with him and what he's building. The first one is commit to showing up. It can be that simple. Showing up. Gathering. Guys, you coming matters. I don't think we realize that. 
I think especially in bigger churches, we can feel like we're just one of many and that whether we show up or don't show up on a Sunday kind of doesn't matter. It matters. Your presence, who God has made you, who he has fashioned you to be, the makings and the markings, the experiences, your story, your history, it matters to the people he's put you with. You showing up week in and week out, it matters. Now, I grew up in the church. Um, I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Bible Belt of the U.S. Uh, and I had a mama who made sure that we were in church every moment those doors were open. And those doors were open a lot, <laughs> a whole lot. So Sunday morning, two services. Usually we go to the second service, but sometimes mom will be like, no, we're doing both today because you just don't know what the Holy Spirit's going to do and we're going to be there for all of it. So, <laughs> so we would be there first, sometimes second service. We'd be there Sunday nights. There was church Sunday nights. How many of you guys remember this? You grew up in the 80s and 90s in church? Oh, yeah, you know. You know what I'm talking about. We're there Sunday morning. We're there Sunday night. Wednesday night we're there. Cell groups were there. And, I mean, this is Tulsa. So every evangelist, every major speaker in the world would come through. And you better believe my butt was in that seat because my mom made sure of it, all right? So we were always in church. And on top of it, I went to a Christian school. So all the, the, the chapels and activities, I was inundated with it constantly. Now, that is definitely one extreme, okay? I'm not today necessarily saying that we need to live in that extreme. But what I have seen over the 20 years is this trend from this extreme now to a polar, equal, and opposite extreme, which is now church. It's just one option of many. If I feel up to it, maybe I'll go. It's been a hard week. Eh, I'm, not, I'm just not feeling it. That's the one I hear often. I'm not feeling it today. Guys, can I just tell you how many times I'm not feeling a lot of things, but I still have to show up? <laughs> not feeling like being a mom today. Too bad. There's four kids screaming or crying. You're taking care of them. Not feeling like my job today. You know, you hear all these different reasons of why we don't show up anymore. And I know some of that's because of disappointment. I know some of that's because of abuses, and those things are real. But God has still called us to be a gathering people. He has still called us, just like he called the people in the early church, to be a people who come together. And he, and, and he knows the power that comes about when like hearts come together. So showing up, he's called you to show up. He's called you to show up in the place of worship, coming in and, and lending your strength in the place, in the place of worship pressing in, going beyond just what feels good to you and, and really responding to the goodness and the greatness of God and showing up in the place of prayer. John Wesley says, God does nothing but an answer to prayer. So when people show up together in connection and community and, a, and pressing into worship, pressing into prayer, watch out because heaven and earth begins to move and things begin to happen. So he's asking us to commit to showing up. Another area he's asking us to commit and to partner with what he's building in this house is committing to maturity. And this is a hard one too, because <laughs> we like to get real comfortable or we like to think we're more mature than we really are. Guys, we will never stop maturing until the day we are face to face with him. We will ne the call to grow will never stop until we are with our Jesus and have been made complete in him. 
So the call to maturing, maturing in our faith, maturing in our fellowship with one another, and maturing in our giving, not just our tithes and offerings, although that is definitely an area that we can mature in, but the giving of our resources, of our time, of our attention. Did you know that one of the most valuable things you can give to people is your time and attention? And it's not just giving your time and attention to setting up and tear down, although that's definitely important and needed as we discussed, but it's even just taking the time to see one another, to listen, to ask questions, to be aware of one another and where we're at and encouraging. So giving of our time. Going back to Acts 2, 42, I think, again, this, they give us this model in the early church. I'm not going to read the whole thing again, but just highlighting some points. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Okay, maturing in faith, maturing in fellowship. Selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need maturing in our giving. So the early church was marked by these things. They were growing in their faith, they were growing in their fellowship, and they were growing in their giving. And God's challenging us and offering us the opportunity to do those same things. Lastly, I feel like the Lord is, another way that the Lord is inviting us today to partner with what he's building in this house is to partner with what God's faithful presence is doing in the earth. Guys, from the beginning of time, God has been hovering and moving on this earth. There has not been one moment that he has not been involved and invested in every aspect of humanity in our individual lives. His faithful presence is at work across the globe, amongst every people group, every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every war, every tragedy, every hardship, wherever there's poverty, he's there, he's present, and he's at work. And as we, as his sons and daughters, he is constantly inviting us, come on, my children, come on, daughter, help me, work with me. Come on, son, come be a part of this. God has invited us to join him in his work with his faithful presence in this earth. God is constantly at work building throughout the earth. Our role is to stay close to his heart and attuned to what he is doing so that we can participate with him. We can participate in our communities, in our neighborhoods, the schools that our kids go to. I want to speak to you moms real quick. I get it. I have four children, and although they're a little bit older now, they were little, and I had twins. I had twin boys. Oh, God, I survived. I am a survivor. <laughs> and I get it. I get it. It's hard to even think about people outside of the four walls of my house, let alone, let alone just get dinner on the table and make sure children are alive at the end of the day. I get it. But God has invited even you moms, even you who work massive jobs who are always having to work, work, work. God has set you in places and environments, whether that's the playground or the grocery store or your kid's preschool or your workplace or where you're going to college. God sets us in places to partner with his presence and what he's doing in the community around us. And so our job is, is to stay close to the heart of God and say, okay, dad, what are you saying in this moment? What are you doing? How can I participate? And by doing that, we are being a part of God building this house at East because we're not just limiting it, limiting it to who shows up here, but we're inviting those by being the life and the light of Christ. But it's not even just our communities. 
God's also inviting us to partner with what he's doing in our city, in our region, and around the world, you guys. And yeah, I'm a global person, so I'm going to make a global plug every opportunity I have. Guys, there are people around the world who've never even heard the name of Jesus. They don't know. They didn't grow up with a church on every corner. They didn't grow up with a Bible. They didn't grow up with radio, Christian music. They didn't grow up with that stuff. They don't have that stuff accessible. And guys, we have the opportunity to partner with our Father. And some of us, we can do it because of the season of life. Some of us, that May season may need to come later. For some of us, we may be cinders, and that's all fine. We all have our place within it. But guys, God is doing and he is moving globally. And part of what he wants to build in New Life East is not just a house that serves its own, but that serves all nations. You guys actually have a lot of partners in this church. I don't know if you realize that, but you have a lot of people in East who are doing amazing things around the world. Partner with them, pray for them, give to them, support them. And that is also one of the ways that you partner with God's faithful presence around the world. As I get ready to ask the worship team to, to come on up, I want to take a minute and just let the Lord speak to us. Can we all agree that God's building something unique and beautiful here? He is. He's building people of worship, of prayer. He's building people who are called to connect and be in community. And he's calling a people and building a people who are called to serve those around them and be a light through that service. But what I want to ask you is, what is God speaking to you this morning? What is he breathing on? What parts of these is he saying, hey, son, hey, daughter, come on, let's go a little deeper in this. So I want to invite you to close your eyes for a second. Holy Spirit, come. We know you're already here. But we ask that you would come in a fresh and a new way, that you would open our ears, open our eyes. Help us to see what you're doing in new and fresh ways. And, and even in a season of, a little bit more of a season of rest and relaxation, God, would you stir our hearts? God, you would stir our hearts to be a people who show up, who show up to the gathering, who show up in worship, who show up in prayer. God, would you stir our hearts to be people who are committed to maturing, to discipleship? God, would you be a people who stir our hearts for the lost and the broken and to serve one another as the early church did and to serve the world around us. God, this is only by your grace. It's only by your grace that we can live and move and, and walk any of this out. So we just invite that today. Speak to us. Highlight to us what you're saying. Lord, we recognize that what you do in us individually matters corporately. And what you're doing in us corporately matters individually. to you that I think is, I just read this past couple of weeks and it really, it hit me on many levels. It's a quote by Thomas G. Long in one of his commentaries on Hebrews. He says, in the deepest sense, we do not choose the church. 
We are chosen for the church by God. The church is not a club for people who are fond of religion. It is a community of people that have been summoned to a task, called to a ministry, given an identity in Christ, thrown together in mission. Voluntary organizations have buffs and fans, and if the dues get too high or the demands too great, one can drop out and walk away and find something more congenial. Churches, however, the people of God, have brothers and sisters bound together in common kinship to Jesus Christ. And the only way to walk away is to leave home. Lord, help us to see the church, not as just another thing to belong to, but a home, a family, your family, your people. So, Father, today I just bless New Life East. I bless what you're doing here. I bless your people here. God, they are an extended family to me. So I bless my family. And God, would you raise the water level of worship in this place? Would you raise the water level of prayer, of community, of caring, genuinely caring for one another, and genuinely serving and caring for the world around them? God, I thank you that those things are already here, but you are building even more to that, Lord. I say yes and amen to all that you have. And I pray Proverbs 24, 3-4 that says, By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. God, continue your good work in this house and in this family. In Jesus' name. Church, would you stand together? I'd like to invite our communion servers to come forward this morning. It's through the life and the death of Jesus. It was through his brokenness that created the church, that created the kingdom of God, which we get to participate in. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so this is an opportunity when you come forward to communion to have this be an active participation for you and not just walking and going through the motions, but to say, yes, God, this is a community to which I belong. This is a family to which I belong because of the sacrifice that he made. The Lord Jesus on the night that he was betrayed, after he had given thanks, he took bread and he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you and then he took the cup and said, this is, this is my blood which is poured out for you. And Jesus is continually pouring out for you. The table is open to everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord. And Jesus says to those who do that, that they will be saved. What you do to receive communion is to, everyone will, will, will exit to the middle row and will form two lines for either section of chairs and you'll come forward and one of our servers will, will put a gluten-free cracker in your hand and then you'll take that cracker and dip it in the juice and then you'll continue around to your seat. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. That's you. Would you come forward and receive? <laughs> 